0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 628 with our review of Dick Johnson is Dead. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. Um, This week, we are talking about a film that came to Netflix. Uh, You can watch this right now, and we're going to talk... In this episode, and let you know if you should watch it right now. Um, but yeah, Dick Johnson is dead is a documentary with a very interesting premise. Um, this is a film in which a person who may or may not be nearing the end of their life, um, their daughter happens to be a documentary filmmaker um, who is going to come up with inventive ways to pretend to kill him <laughs> for the for maybe I guess the sake of like getting used to. The possibility of him dying. I, I don't actually understand the full artistic merit of what is being done here, but but I guess to start this episode off, we should at least address this as a concept. Um, how did you feel about the basic premise of this film, Stephen?
1: I felt intrigued and cringing at the same time at the concept, like at the concept. So not watching it yet, just like the idea behind it. Um, I, I think it is the sort of thing that. I would only give you permission to do if you are extremely close to the subject, which yeah. in this case, you know, the director is uh, Kristen Johnson. It's her father that she's talking about. Um, but yeah, it, it, it it's a very provocative idea. You know, a, a man who is probably not long for the world um, acting out over and over again, different ways that he could die. Um, it It reminded me a lot, the idea of the act of killing. Uh, I don't know if you ever wound up watching watching that documentary. I haven't caught um, it yet. So the act of killing is like the, the very dark, you know, more depraved side of humanity version of this where people who committed genocide in Indonesia who are now in power or at least like allowed to be free, the filmmaker had them reenact the terrible things that they did believing that they were like on a movie set. Um, and so they are like showing off this is how I murdered this person, this is how I did this, and they are doing it in a glorifying way, but it is horrifying to the audience because we know the reality behind it. And this is kind of the taking mortality into your own hands version of that premise. So I, I was intrigued, but I felt very strange going into it. Like I had no idea how it would play. I didn't know if it would be funny or sad or uncomfortable or I had no idea.
0: Yeah. So like just watching the trailer, it was hard to understand why the filmmaker thought this was an appropriate or interesting thing to say. But I think the more you find out about the father and his current state and the history and the family of other things that have, have been involved with, with how the filmmaker has had to deal with other family members in the past, it 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 gains a little bit more context in that like I can understand that if if you believe one experience is near in your future it is hopeful in a way to think about the possibility of random acts of things that could prematurely end somebody's life to save them from an eventuality that they could eventually come to so there was something interesting that was happening in this film but yeah it definitely does feel weird obviously Obviously, if this was just a talking head thing and the filmmaker was like drawing ways that she wanted her father to die, it it would be very uncomfortable and weird. Um, But having him be part of it and 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 playing along in it um, kind of like waves away all the strangeness that (laughs) I would naturally feel over what she's doing. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I feel the same way. I, it, we'll we'll get into it in the review proper. I, I think there's still a lot of interesting questions about the how well it handles the subject matter and what even constitutes, you know, willing consent in these situations uh, where a person with dementia is involved. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm interested in talking about it in the review. But overall, I think get a pass for approaching this subject matter when you are the daughter and your father is like you know an accomplice in the film yeah yeah for sure
0: (laughs) all right well let's get into it then steven let's go ahead and take a listen to the trailer for dick johnson is dead and then uh, give you a review just the idea that i might ever lose this man is too much to bear my dad.
1: Let's start walking. Just start walking to me. That's fantastic.
0: I suggested we make a movie about him dying. (laughs) He said yes. She kills me multiple times. Action! The resurrected dad. Yeah, (laughs) the resurrected dad. (laughs) (laughs) But now it's upon us. The beginning
1: of his disappearance the thing i hate most about my memory loss is that
0: it hurts people's feelings
1: do you know that you woke up in the middle of the night last night you got fully dressed do you remember any of that no yeah
0: what can we do about that
1: i don't know everybody has to sort of
0: prepare because everybody dies i love life too much for that <laughs> <laughs> man sweetie your father is is a wreck it's just inevitable and a part of who we all are the fact that he's willing to keep doing this he's doing for you with love he's doing it for me with love yeah he'll do anything for me can you just like put one arm up against the wall like yeah that's nice (laughs) <laughs> well, that is brutal. All right, so that was the trailer for Dick Johnson is Dead. Um, as we already said at the top of the episode, it is a filmmaker dealing with the um, the oncoming health state of her father and sort of trying to kill him uh, theatrically in many different ways as a way of dealing with the eventuality of where his life is headed as he is getting older and all that sort of stuff. Um Stephen Miller, what did you think of Dick Johnson is Dead?
1: I found this movie very provocative. That like like that is actually my biggest takeaway is not whether I loved it or not, but how much it poked me um because <laughs> this is a movie that is like trying to there are a few emotions this movie is dabbling with at once. There, I hadn't seen the trailer, by the way. This was one of those movies where I heard out of Sundance that people loved it. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to plug my ears and not learn any more about it until I can watch it. Um, so at once, like, it's dabbling in black comedy. That's very clear, I think, like, from the trailer already. The, the means of killing Dick Johnson, the fantasy sequences. They're like... They're very goofy in a way that is still very shocking to see. Like, a few of them, at least, are filmed in a way where even though you know it's coming, it still feels like, holy shit, like I'm in a documentary and a person just died. You know, uh, it th- there's like a mental disconnect that happens wa- yeah. watching it. Um, there's also, like, real joy in this movie. There are fantasy sequences about the afterlife uh, and heaven that I found, like, both very silly and very moving because real people are acting out this fantasy and there are like real aspects of their life and their longing and the things that they've lost and would like to get back that are reflected in the fantasy sequences in a way that I thought was like lovely in a very like beautiful uplifting kind of way. Then there's also the difficult documentary about what do I do when my father dies and how difficult is it to lose someone to dementia, memory loss, Alzheimer's before that happens? And that is like a very heavy, emotionally powerful documentary. And combining them all together, the way this movie does is like intentionally jarring. I think this is a movie that wants me to, it it puts me in the like dark comedy Perspective only to then like throw me into extremely weepy sundance documentary feelings, only to then bring me to this elaborate fantasy where we're like dancing with people with fake masks and toes are being grown, and then like jump back <laughs> into the dark there The movie is doing so much and and I find it extremely interesting. I do think the the whole package from beginning to end to me wasn't totally cohesive um i i thought i would love 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 this movie and in the end i felt torn like i felt torn about a lot of things i had been taken through an emotional ride like i i felt very you know there was definitely something getting in my eyes for parts of this movie um especially when they they talk about losing her mother and anything that is just the documentary version of this movie with Dick Johnson just being himself. He's just such a great character. He is like, he's always laughing. He's jolly. He's like trying to be here with his daughter and the meta film that is taking place of this man agreeing to do all this because he wants to spend time with his daughter and they want to find a way where spending time together can be a part of work, like can be basically justified. Like, I love that so much, and I'm not convinced that the fantasy sequences of him dying actually add to that, other than to just frame why the movie is being made in the first place. And there are times, especially where the, the line between fantasy and reality, especially toward the very, very end, feels emotionally manipulative to me in a way that I can't reconcile. Like there's a funeral scene that happens in this movie that I was kind of like Schrodinger's cat where it's like, I am either mind blown in love with what this movie is doing, or I feel taken for a bit of a ride. And I have no right to have my feeling hinge on like a title card at the end or not, but I feel it anyway. And um, yeah, I don't know. It, I, I think it's the danger of a movie like this that is so personal is the the truth and the tragedy underlying it and everything are all so they become wrapped up in it for me, where like I feel like I need truth all the time because I have been presented it that way, and so I was left with a movie that i was I loved a lot of this movie, and also I just feel very complicated about it so that that that's where i'm at but uh, it was definitely provocative and i love the way it provoked me it's kind of my main takeaway
0: yeah i i think this film succeeds purely and exclusively on the fact that the father character is like the most charismatic old dude that's ever existed like he yeah. is just an amazing human being who has just a a level of joy that no human in this year deserves to have. <laughs> yeah. like, like he is just a endlessly happy, jovial, like he, he's like the physical embodiment of Santa Claus. <laughs> <Yeah>. But, <laughs> but the gift he's giving us is just his presence. <laughs> I didn't even he's mean for that. his presence too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't even mean for that double entendre to work that well. Um, he is just an, an just amazing... Like, I... If the filmmaker never... If, if she made herself absent from this film, never had a voiceover, never had anything, mm-hmm. I would understand their relationship and why she loves this man. Like, he is just yeah. an incredible person who has a a light inside him that you don't get to experience daily most of the time. Um, so, like, I, I get all of... All of that is amazing. And I think that this film is just seeing him is what makes this uh, an experience worth watching um what she's trying to do with the film <laughs> that's a whole other equation that i'm not sure how to you know divide from both sides of the equals or whatever <laughs> like yeah. i i, I it, it's really hard for me to to sort of grok what she's trying to do versus what she is doing versus what she's failing at versus what she's succeeding at like part of me is is angry because a first-time filmmaker could not make this film like there are like there's i i've referenced it on a random episode of the podcast in the fat in the past but there is a music video um from uh from blink 182 where The whole video is they take all the money they got to shoot the video and they just go out into the streets and do Random shit and throw the money around and buy things to break and it's just it's just them Fucking around and blowing all the money that they got to make this film And there's an aspect to this film that feels the same way like she convinced Netflix to give her a shit ton of money To make the most elaborate death scenes for her father which kind of don't like no one else could make this film except for somebody who has some sort of cachet to, like, to convince somebody to give them money to do things which don't technically affect the film she's actually making, but present the 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 premise of the film that she's selling to people. And yeah. that, something about that rubbed me the wrong way. Like, I, I was kind of annoyed at her... <laughs> for what Are she was Are you saying she
1: can't make a six underground, Chris? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Touche, Stephen. Touche. Um, but like, do, do you understand what I'm saying though? Something about it... No, I do. Yeah. Yeah, something about it just felt... Uh, it's like the level of... Um, like the the ability she has to make this specific thing is unique to people that have made things in the past. <laughs> Um, And something about that just weirded me out. But I think that it it, it is an interesting film, though. And I think like dementia is an incredibly scary thing that is horrible to go through on all sides of the equation, whether you're the person with it or you're the family member that is that is trying to support somebody through it happening. And it's it's a harrowing thing just to experience. But one of the, the things that is even more harrowing is knowing that it's coming for you. And you're almost there. Like the moment before yeah. it's hit you, knowing that it could be there and just what do you do with the rest of your life? And how do you interact with the people in your life knowing that that might be something just on the next step or the next rung of your ladder as you go through life? And, and, and I think this film captures that surprisingly well, but it does it in a way that's sort of like the film is trying to... And, and maybe that's maybe that's the genius of it is, is it tries to give you these funny moments and then hit you real fast with a fuck. This is, a, <laughs> like, you thought this was a fun documentary with a silly premise, but it also, it is an extremely heartfelt film that is going to hit you suddenly. Um, which, which brings me to a point that I think you've kind of hinted at. Um, and once again, I will try to be as vague as possible because I don't want to ruin this film for anybody. Do, do, do
1: you want to do, like, a small spoiler section at the end? Because I feel like I want to talk about that specific... Mo- Maybe you're talking about a different moment. But I, I think we I are, definitely want to talk about the the closing yeah, sequence.
0: I, I, I I'll just say, I've never gone so quickly from crying to fuck this movie <laughs> as I <laughs> as I did at the end of this film. <laughs> yep, I completely understand what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, we we'll, we'll we'll have at least a small spoiler segment to 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 talk about that specific scene but i yeah i i think i think there's a lot of interesting things happening here and i appreciate what is trying to be done i don't know if it's all successful and there's things that angered me profusely but as i said the, the fa- dick johnson is an amazing person and I, it, it would it'd be tough to imagine if he if he was present in my life day to day it'd be tough for me to imagine not having him in my life so yeah from, from that aspect this is a successful film
1: yeah and, and i think the part of the genius of the movie like, like you said in what this movie really is is it it is a distillation of her relationship with her father and why making a movie like this is difficult. Like this is her adaptation. Basically. This is the, how do I tell you what it feels like? Because it, it's alternatingly very fun and very sad and painful and confusing. And it the movie is the fact that she and her father are getting to play together, you know, and they're getting to have it on film and very specifically she did not get that for her mother and like the fact that she is a filmmaker and that her father is participating in what she does what she built a life around it, it, it there's so many layers of the meta story of this movie that are also the movie that it, it's really hard for me to unpack it but it it does i'm not convinced that a movie that is just the like pure documentary let me Point and shoot my father I don't know that that would That would communicate him That would communicate Dick Johnson I don't know if it would communicate their dynamic The way that this movie does By having him be a part of the creative process Of the thing that they're building Um, So even though I found the tone Like provocative is my way of saying It was occasionally jarring also And I was sometimes confused About where my emotions were at I'm not sure that a less confusing movie would have communicated all that, so i'm that that's what I'm trying to un like unpack is would I have wanted the traditional Sundance documentary version of this movie, or would I have not received it the way that I received it having all the other pieces combined um, yeah. so yeah there there's a lot to it and this is so she also made um she's primarily not a director like she's actually usually a cinematographer for documentaries like she was the camera person in like citizen four the snowden doc okay. and a, a ton of other things um and her first directorial feature debut was a movie called camera person in 2016 that was basically she took a bunch of unused footage from her last you know decade plus of filming documentaries and she made a sort of collage movie, so there 's no you know voiceover or anything in it, but it 's a collage of this is how it feels like to be all over the world intruding on people 's lives, witnessing traumatic things, and forming a connection with them, but then not being able to do anything because you are the camera person standing behind a camera like it It was very meta basically and it it was an amazing movie like i I, I loved it, um, it Movie is maybe not even the right word. It's an amazing collage of, of information. Um, so this feels like of a piece with that, where she's interested in saying, like, what are the limits of what I can do by holding a camera and pointing it at a person? And how can I make a story about those limits transcend the limits somehow? And and like, she's clearly wrestling with that here with her father, too. So I, I get it and i love a lot of what this movie is doing i also did feel manipulated and the like like the conceit of the acting out deaths i think is the by far the least interesting or well done part of this movie um <laughs> I, like i actually think those I, are only there to justify the netflix <laughs> budget
0: I, I, I yeah no seriously the, the 100% um but counterpoint i will say that there are deaths in the trailer for this film that are not in the movie, and I want to see like I want to I want to see the DVD extras for this film where we see all of the <laughs> all of the yeah. extra deaths that we didn't get to watch.
1: Yeah. There there were also scenes that I in the moment I was feeling conflicted about, but then by the end of the movie in hindsight I loved them like the afterlife scenes those felt indulgent in the moment for me sometimes and occasionally they were coming immediately after a very heavily emotional documentary moment and i was kind of like i don't need this i don't need this whole dance sequence right now i don't need you to have like slow motion confetti but it it all built to me where in the end looking back i was very happy for all those scenes so i this movie is like a jigsaw puzzle and i can't an emotional jigsaw puzzle. Like, I don't know how it would work with one piece missing, even if I don't totally get why all the pieces need to be there. So, um, so, so, yeah, so that, that's my
0: feeling. So for, for, for those scenes, I, I kind of like those scenes more than the, the fun death scenes, because what she's doing is she's, she's actualizing the things he would want to have Via yeah. dying, like she, she is, she is presenting him a heaven in a sense of this party and she's giving it to him now on earth. And there's something she, like the, the way I feel like I, I a few moments ago, I was complaining about the fact that like with the deaths, how elaborate they are and how many crew members are there. I was annoyed that she as a filmmaker, like has the ability to provide those in a way that like a first time filmmaker couldn't do that. I was annoyed at that. But these scenes are the exact opposite, where I'm like, she is justifying the Netflix budget to yep. give him something that he could never have on his own without her, uh, her power as somebody who has the ability to provide this. Like, like it, th- there is something magical about, like, lit- both li- literally and figuratively ab- about that that I really, really appreciate as a counterpoint to the death scenes.
1: Yeah, and and I also don't. I mean, again, I should have even looked into this, whether Netflix was in the production or only like picked it up after it already screened at festivals. Uh, that would, do, But let, let me assume Netflix money existed before she made the movie. Still, the cachet would be for Camera Person, which is a very meta movie about the act of filmmaking. So I feel like whoever funded this got what they expected. Like I don't think they had like a the rug pulled out <laughs> under them. Oh yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah I yeah. think they knew this was gonna happen.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I I didn't the, my comparison to the Blake 182 video is maybe not perfectly <laughs> out mm-hmm. there.
1: No, but I, I do get it because it's like showing how you would frame this and then pulling back the camera to break the illusion. So like why are you paying for the illusion? Mm-hmm. You know it's about it's about the whole package. But it yeah there are plenty of filmmakers out there who would love to have that illusion, you know? <laughs> um,
0: oh, a hundred percent. So, so w- yeah. one thing too, that I will say uh, a, ran- a random aside, minor spoilers for a, a beat from his life that is previous to the film that we're actually watching is that, uh, at one point in his past, semi recently, I guess, um, it was either at somebody else's birthday or his birthday. He basically ate like three or four slices cake. of chocolate cake, and then had a heart attack and almost died. And he eats chocolate cake like five times in this movie. Yeah,
1: why do you keep? Yeah, giving... that, that, was, that was my man on wire moment in this movie where I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> is he gonna fall? <laughs> like
0: I just I didn't understand why you would keep fucking making him chocolate cake. Like, any normal human being would say, like, okay, no more chocolate cake for you. Like, you're already near the end of your life. No, Stop I, eating see, chocolate cake. I don't cake. know.
1: I mean, I've, I, I'm thankfully not of the age yet where I have a parent in anywhere near this situation, but I do think there becomes a turning point where it's, like, just eat the fucking cake. <laughs> like, You you can't be running from this forever, so, like, enjoy you know, keep it under control, but enjoy your life. So I, I found those moments, I liked them, but I was nervous all the time also. <laughs> One moment, uh, like pure documentary moment that I found very moving in this movie is when her father realizes that he will not have his car anymore. Um that was the first time that I was like, "Oh wow, you are like you were really capturing very real emotional moments between a father and his daughter, yeah. and yeah, and it also because his demeanor is so laughing there there's a thing where like in the beginning of the movie, it's like this is a jolly fellow, you know he's Santa Claus, like he always laughs, he's so happy to be with the kids, no matter how old he gets, he's always laughing and having fun and enjoying." laughs at his own expense like he falls down and it's the most hilarious thing in the world um over time he will still deploy that laugh even when he is asking about a thing that just happened or hearing a description of a memory loss event that recently occurred and the laugh starts to be a this is me defaulting to like the social behavior I know to cover up that I'm actually fairly confused right now. And the movie does never say that, but I felt it in a very emotionally heavy way. Like how how much that personality becomes a a thing that can steamroll over everything else disappearing. Um yeah. so I, I thought it was really beautiful that they managed to capture that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff in this film where we don't have the context for the before or after this scene, but with the context of the whole film, it maybe adds weight. Like there's there are scenes in this film where he's packing up his office where he has been uh, is what what was his job again? He, psychiatrist. I think. Psychiatrist. Yeah, yeah. So he's done this for many, many a year, um, and. Now he's just not doing that, but we don't we don't have like a retirement party, right? Like it's not, yeah. there's no scene where it's like, oh, thanks for so many great years of psychiatry. It's just, they're packing up his office suddenly with no context at all. And it's like those things, there's this like undercurrent of sadness, even though he is just like joking with everybody in the scene and talking about how fun it was to be packing things up and stuff. So like, yeah, there, there's there's a lot of moments in this film that like, feel like moments of brilliance in a film that is also very scattershot and sort of silly at times. So any last spoiler-free comments?
1: Yeah, the the only I, I mean maybe this should even be considered a spoiler. I don't I don't know. Screw it. Nobody is gonna feel like the movie is ruined by knowing this. There are a few fantastical elements that are very lightly done with no commentary in this movie, one of which involves a chair that I thought was extremely effective. I don't even know what it means, but there were like little touches like that, that, that hit me in a pretty, pretty strong way. So I I think that Christine Johnson, like she knows what she's doing. Like she's definitely, she knows when to pull back and when to have the little flourish. And I, it is like a beguiling movie, but that isn't a bad thing. Like I, like I think it's good that I don't really understand why everything does what it does.
0: Yeah. And it's still like, I keep coming back to that. Like, it feels like she is in a unique position to make this film. And it it, it seems impossible what she is doing. And I yeah. should be lumping all kinds of credit onto her, but instead it makes me angry. <laughs> and I don't know how to, to reconcile that feeling that I have. Like it, it feels, it feels like an impossible task. And it, I don't know. It, it just seems like, she is uniquely suited to tell this type of story because of who her father is and who she is. And it's still like, I don't know. It's.
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk in spoilers briefly. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, before we get to spoilers, we have to get to an official verdict for everybody. So for now, Stephen Miller, if you're going to say must see, reckon with the caveat, wait for until pass with the caveat or a must avoid, what would you give it?
1: You know, I, I went into this review planning on doing a recommend with a caveat uh, with the recommend being all the things we just talked about. Like, the, This is a extremely creative movie. It is doing things I've never seen before. It is doing them in a very remarkable and unpredictable way and it is getting at a lot of heavy emotional truths in a, in a manner that maybe you couldn't get at any other way. The caveat I was going to give is that it, it doesn't all emotionally work for me. Like, we're going to talk in spoilers about why. But honestly, like, just talking through it makes me like it more. <laughs> like, like I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm actually very tempted. Like, how could I talk about a movie doing all of these original things and giving me so much to think about and not bump it up to a must-see? So I'm going to do it. Fuck it. I'm going to bump it up to a must-see, actually. Um, I think this movie is just doing so much more than most things i watch are doing <laughs> and like it just it has so many ideas and it is blurring so many lines between like reality and fiction and between wish fulfillment and like internal psychology there's a lot that this movie is doing and i think the total package is very beautiful and like absolutely worth seeing and having an opinion on and even if the emotions at the end left me not with the kind of pure weeping or pure laughing or whatever that I sometimes want to get out of these kind of movies. I think that is intentional and I think that makes it more lasting. So I'm I still have issues with it, but I think this is a movie that like you definitely should see.
0: Yeah, I I I if you ask me I it comes down to the beginning of this review where I said the father is the most charismatic human that has ever walked the earth. <laughs> mm. He is amazing, and he carries this film. Yep. And the him and
1: the mom from uh, "Small Enough to Fail" or whatever, whatever that oh, documentary no, no, was. I, it, it was, they need to like make a movie together.
0: <laughs> I, I literally almost brought this up that like I kind of feel about this film the way I felt about that too. Too small to, fa- or small enough to fail. Too not big enough to fail. Small Enough to Jail. That, that was the name of the movie. Abacus, Small Enough to Jail. Okay, yeah. So that film, it, it was one of those things was like, the film itself is whatever, but the people in this film are great, and I loved watching them. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. kind of how I felt about this film. I think that I'm going to give this a record with the caveat. The caveat being that I'm not sure this film... I don't don't even know. The caveat is that I don't even know, (laughs) but I, (laughs) but I I think you will enjoy watching this film if you watch it. It's doing a lot of interesting things. I just can't guarantee that you won't have problems with many aspects of the film, but I think in general there is real raw emotion that is mixed with real touching, just fucking heart. (laughs) And I think all of that, when mixed together, creates an experience that is worth having put yourself through um, but also there are things that I fucking hate this movie for um, <laughs> and and uh, we're, we're going to talk about it in spoilers so uh, cool. take that as a little little tease for you
1: you know a, a comparison I was just thinking about uh, like a non-spoiler comparison is how we felt with the painter and the thief and the gap between like it, it was a movie about the fact that the movie was being made And it all kind of hinged on whether you believe it or not. And I think where this one bridges that gap where The Painter and The Thief did not is that it is a father and a daughter making a movie together. And something about their dynamic, I never questioned the truth of anything happening in this movie, like the emotional truth of what is happening because it is just so natural and like self-evident. And I think that is the tightrope that like this manages to watch that would be very 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 difficult to manufacture otherwise
0: yeah for sure well um as steven and i have been hinting we do want to have a spoiler section for this film but before we can do that for anybody who doesn't want to be spoiled we have to close up this episode so steven miller if people want to find you throughout the week where can they do that people can find me at twitter.com slash miller or s david miller.com People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash R L. You can find the podcast over at spoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning, or Instagram.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site music for this episode will come from the soundtrack i guess to uh, dick johnson is dead so hopefully you're enjoying that and uh yeah music is playing now it's gonna fade up and when that music fades out we will be in full-blown spoilers for this film so go watch the film come back and listen to that um hopefully you've already seen it but uh yeah see you in a moment all right so we are back uh this is the uh this is spoiler territory this is the after part of our review of dick johnson is dead um so stephen miller to start off the spoilers i, I, I have one question for you do you think the filmmaker made this film too soon <laughs> well yeah yeah.
1: so you hit the nail on the head right is um <laughs> Dick Johnson, as far as I can tell, at least when the film was edited, is not dead. You know, no. I, I didn't look up anything. But the the full film, you know, from beginning to end, he is still alive. He's still with us. And why shouldn't he be, you know? Like, it's a no one could have known when setting out to make this movie when or if he would pass away. And I don't feel like the movie needed him to actually die that in a sense, like what I wanted would also be very manipulative for me to be like, (laughs) Oh, let's wait.
0: (laughs) Um, But why do you need, like if, if, if you are making a film about how you deal with your father's impending doom while he is alive, knowing that he will progressively get worse and you are choosing an arbitrary range of days to document this experience, did you set out? Like, all right, guys, I'm going to do this for two years, and if you don't die, we're releasing the movie either way. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I I just don't... Well,
1: Well, one thing, too, is I... it The movie talks a lot about how when you lose someone to dementia or Alzheimer's or, you know, when you lose someone whose memory fades, you kind of lose them a while before you physically lose them. Yeah. And there's definitely a read of this movie. And I don't know because I don't know his current state that like, by the time this movie was finished, he is quote gone in that sense. Cause there's a line at the end of like Dick Johnson is dead. Long live Dick Johnson. Um, and i think that's kind of about both existing at the same time um so that that's like one read where you can maybe have your cake and eat it too in like like it like it did happen and him physically passing away is maybe not the the point the point is that she no longer knows him the way that she did when she was able to make this movie um but with that said the big moment for me, and I, I completely hear you in the sudden shift from I am crying to fuck this movie. I, I never quite hit that level. It was like I'm crying to no, don't tell me actually why am I upset right now? Like I had a third pivot back to you, like, <laughs> wait a minute, what, what is my problem? Because here's the thing. That there's a funeral where everyone is discussing like the life of Dick Johnson They're crying, you know, they're having this eulogy and there's a cut to the balcony with him watching the proceeding, you know, with, in a surreal way, like, 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 I'm still fine at this
0: point. I'm totally okay with this moment because that is artistic license.
1: That moment is specifically when I was like, this is the most beautiful thing ever. Like you have a man who passed away, but because you were making this movie, you had footage of him standing here. Like you were prepared to make this moment and you could literally make movie magic, make a person be watching his own funeral. That is amazing. You know, that is such an amazing thing to be able to do. So emotional. And then realizing he's still alive at the time that that is being filmed. And it's like a living funeral for him. That gave me the moment of like, oh shit, Like, I don't know how I feel anymore because I was so emotionally swept up in the certainty that Dick Johnson was dead, like that he passed away and that we were watching the end of a movie that was honoring his life. Um, And then what pivoted me back, back... Back in which direction? Back toward I appreciate this And I don't know why I feel off. Like I don't feel justified in feeling off anymore is people in his life, like the, his best friend who gave the speech, they are very emotional still. They are very sad. Like they have lost something or they are grappling with a real loss that is happening. And I think the line between him being physically dead versus people Realizing they will no longer know him the way they did and that now this has become an inevitable conclusion. Like they are all wrestling with that in real time and they are crying with the emotional weight of someone who has really lost someone. So why should I feel cheated that I haven't
0: lost this man that I don't know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I, so, so for me, the journey is this. The woman tells her story. I I don't remember the exact story, so I'm not even gonna try to repeat it. But I feel like she lost somebody close to her and then called him and then he said something that's like wise beyond most of our years. And like that's when I started crying <laughs> is yeah. is her recounting that story. So I'm already like, Fuck. God damn it. I'm like I'm like already very, very sad and very, very like upset and then there's this moment which i'm crying because it's funny and i don't think i'm supposed to be laughing but i'm laughing but i was also sad is when his best friend comes up and talks about the time like the the them having dinner parties and (laughs) and him having to play the go home from the dinner party song and it's the most god-awful
1: fucking oh, you're supposed to laugh you're definitely supposed to laugh at that yeah but, that is like cry
0: laughing yeah yeah. but, th- but that <laughs> but that is that is where the film is subtly revealing its hand before i've caught on to it where it's like this yep. is all fucking made up this is a joke <laughs> but everybody is taking it deadly fucking serious and he is just like wailing on this fucking flugelhorn thing <laughs> that is the worst it's the equivalent of in dumb and dumber when jim carrey asks if you want to hear the most annoying sound in the world and goes it's that is the sound he's making and that is the quote go home song that he would always ask them to play when they were having these dinner parties or whatever it is and i am like crying and and like i'm embarrassed that i'm laughing at this because like i'm imagining sitting in that auditorium Trying to respect this man and then hearing this sound for the first time, and I'm just like, all kinds of emotions are going off, and I'm just like, oh my god. And then, then I'm watching this film, and I'm saying the scene you're talking about is him in the balcony watching it, and I don't care because that's just artistic license and it's fine. Yeah, and then it cuts to him outside, and my first thought is not exactly fuck this movie, but is like, wait. Is she intercutting their fake rehearsal that was filmed earlier in the film? Yeah. I I had that, too. Or is this the real live thing? And then I'm slowly starting to think, wait a second, fuck this movie. And then it goes on. And then he comes out and everybody's clapping. And then I'm like, oh, no, fuck this movie. And then it cuts to his best friend still crying in the corner. And I'm like, Oh, I'm done with this movie. Fuck this movie. Like for real, like before I was angry, but now I'm like, fuck this movie because Mm. I don't know what is real and what is not anymore. And whether he (laughs) just got so worked up in this moment that for him, it was real. And it, it, it's, this is when I felt a hundred percent manipulated And it was no longer I was watching a thing that surely exist like that that purely existed on just the reality of what I was watching. And now it was complete artifice and I was upset and I didn't know where it came from. And I was like, I am so annoyed at this film, and I still don't know if he's dead. (laughs) And (laughs) and then (laughs) and then it ends with her finishing the monologue in the closet. I guess, recording from her iPhone, which has apparently the best onboard mic that's ever existed in the history of recording. And then her stopping the recording and opening up her fucking door and her goddamn father standing there. And I'm just like, fuck you. You're supposed to be dead. I'm so angry right now. (laughs) I'm tired of this movie. Rage quit. (laughs) Yeah, much
1: more strong feelings than me. So one thing that I find interesting is the the best friend crying for me, that was the pivot back because I don't read him crying as performative at all. I read him crying as like Dick Johnson has been losing his memory. You know, some years have passed since he moved away. Probably. I don't know the scale of time that documentary filmmaking takes, but I assume like it was a number of years and his memory has been going and going and going. And to the friend I don't I don't think it was just like worked up because of the having to get into character to play a funeral being emotional. I think it was like I am actually grieving this man who is no longer really able to fully comprehend what is going on anymore um, and we don't know this for sure because the timeline is unclear and this is another thing where I think the solution would also be manipulative. If if Kristen Johnson showed me, like, here is my father's current state, here's me, like, rubbing in your face the degree to which he no longer really understands what he's doing, that would feel manipulative to I'd be like, he did not consent to that. I feel voyeuristic. I should not be allowed to watch this, you know? Um, but that is what I filled in, basically, is that that line between—this <laughs> is going to be terrible to quote—but dead and mostly dead, you know, the—, the <laughs> The the line between, like, we have lost the person and, okay, their body is now gone, I think he already exists in that gray area for the people in his life. Because, you know, the the story that the woman tells about calling him when she lost someone and him having words of wisdom was followed by, and then five minutes later, he asked me how... My husband was doing. Yeah, you know,
0: I, th- I think like, they they that's are where already like, grieving. That's where the snot yeah. added to the tears is. Yeah, like I was already like, this man is a beautiful man, and then yeah. when she, then she was like, and then he asked me how my late husband was doing. That's when I was just like, s- snot shoot out of my face. Yeah. <laughs> 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 s-
1: well, well, well and, and the interesting thing about that is, if that were a real funeral, I don't think you would add that line because in a funeral, people don't add like by the way let me emphasize how much they were deteriorating by the end you know it it is like they're gone i remember the good the end and so to me that is interesting where i think to the people in the room this wasn't only a celebration of his life it it was a funeral for the the version of him that they knew and it was like a collective grieving of like the the version of him that I knew is no longer with us. And let me remember how great he was and mourn the fact that this is happening. Like, I, there's a lot going on, basically, I think. And it, I felt manipulated at the time. I felt like if, if he truly had died, it would have been such a pure feeling at the end of the movie that I would have walked away with. Um, and I wish I could have had that. Uh, I don't wish that he had died. I just mean for <laughs> for the purposes of a movie, it would be easier to know exactly where I stand if, if that narrative had been, you know, what you expect at the beginning of the movie. Because like, the movie is set up in a way where you're like, I fully expect that he will be gone at the end of this movie because yeah. that just is how movies like this work. Um,
0: yeah. It's almost like a a young a young teenager made a statement about how this isn't the type of story that you think you're talking about. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but I, but I, I do want to clarify one thing I didn't think that his best friend crying was performative I just didn't <clears throat> know when that was recorded and yeah. it felt like an editing trick to manipulate me and I wasn't true that its presentation was authentic to this moment um, so that mm. that's why I was frustrated with that The other thing that sort of bugs me about this is for me in my reading of the film, you have made a few leaps to his current condition at the end of the film that I wasn't taken there yet with. Hmm. I don't know if that was a proper English sentence, but I'll just continue. Um, So for me, we have the history of the mother and that she died with dementia but for him, we hear these little anecdotes of him forgetting or him like suddenly not knowing where he is or these little, little, they're they're all just anecdotes as far as I'm considered. And the one thing we see is he goes and gets the Trump test, right? Man, woman, yep. face, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I got to hand it to Trump. It's harder than I would have thought. I, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I I can get like four of the five. Like, yeah. so for me... Oh, can you name them now? That is the,
1: that is the big question.
0: Uh, uh, face, red? Ha- no. Uh, house. Red is at the end. Red is at the end. It's, it, it definitely yeah. face was one. I feel like red was a color. It was red or rose. It was something with an R. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, basically I can't do it. So, so for me, if that is your one... Th- if I'm supposed to watch this film... And go, oh my God, that's how bad he is. I did not get that because that's how bad I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, t- <laughs> so to me, to me, that is that sort of reasoning is not something I excel at. Um, I, I am not an auditory listener. I am kinesthetic first, visual second, and then auditory last. Right? Like that is like you you can say three, f- f- five things to me. And unless I have an emotional reaction to one of those five things, I will not remember that sequence or even the things that you said. Um, To be fair, watching a movie where someone is taking a test is very different than sitting
1: there and taking a test and being told to repeat a thing immediately, I think. But I I think (laughs) mentally it's different. But also, but I agree. No, watching but, but that I, test was not the wow, look at how far he's
0: falling moment for me. But I should have the advantage in that situation, right? Because I know what this test is, because Trump's all fucking proud of it, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm already watching this going like, I should see if I can remember this shit. And I can't remember this shit. <laughs> so that's the point I'm trying to get at is, is our only evidence to his current state is a few lines of dialogue about people saying like, oh, he seems a little less memorative than he has in the last year And so so For me that ending all those people Talking about him that way I don't Feel they have lost him Because all I've seen from him Is this amazing man Who is ever Present and fun To be around and just loves being Alive and mm-hmm. When you have this what is Revealed to be a fake funeral For him I I don't know what those people actually think in the moment i just know what i think when i wipe the tears and snot out of my face and throw something at the tv
1: (laughs) (laughs) an air conditioner (laughs) yeah an air conditioner (laughs) yeah I'll, i'll take it and i think part of it too is the this is a movie not just about death but about the anticipation of death and the anticipation of dementia the anticipation of the bad thing and that means it is blurring a line where i feel intellectually i should not care the difference between whether the bad thing has happened already or whether this is them accepting that the bad thing will happen should not inform how i feel about it but as a person it does like as a viewer it definitely does yeah and I don't know if that makes me wrong as a viewer, (laughs) but it it definitely (laughs) is the feeling. But then I can completely intellectualize why it shouldn't matter.
0: So so the other interesting thing too is we know the mother died of dementia. Mm. He is starting... The father is starting to forget things. But this is not a... It'd be one thing if his father or mother died of dementia... And now they're seeing the same signs in, in him that his, his mother or father had. But because right. it's his wife, there's zero gene overlap, hopefully, <laughs> in that pool, right? So there, there's not a, oh shit, this is the same thing that happened. This is probably this genetic issue that your bloodline has and like we, we, we should get ready for it. It's just a coincidental similar thing that's happening so we don't even know like he could be alive for 10 15 more years like whatever right
1: yeah well like specifically we don't know like his his wife died of alzheimer's and we don't know that he has alzheimer's but we do know that like there's at least a couple anecdotes that i would say are pretty strong indicators like the one is him Waking up in the middle of the night multiple times and coming out to the living room, believing that he's in his practice and he's seeing a patient, you know, that that is like pretty, pretty far along in that direction.
0: But Um, also, like, uh, I've I've definitely (laughs) I've definitely (laughs) there's a funny story uh, amongst family members of one time when my my aunt was visiting my family and she was sleeping in like our den and I just walked in there and peed on her because I thought it was the mm-hmm. bathroom and I was just a child.
1: The the real story of this episode of the podcast is we learned that Chris has dementia.
0: I was like six at the time, but I just, I woke up. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you I, a
1: story off mic because it feels like it would not be good to tell it on mic. Um,
0: Hey, I'm giving up all my but yeah, stories. No, I, I, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I get that it, it could be explained another way, but I think it. Yeah, I know. I, I think there are enough clues. Like the other one, you didn't see the Academy Award nominated shorts this year, right? I did not know. Okay, yeah. In in the animated shorts, there was one that is. It was a French film that is about a person losing their memory, and it's like a. F- visual representation of what it feels like as like things slowly start to drift away and you don't really have faces anymore you just have vague identities
0: was it called relic Um,
1: (laughs) 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 no but i think i name dropped the short when we were discussing relic actually (laughs) um but But yeah, so that was a movie that I thought was a lovely representation of how that would feel. And there's a fantasy sequence meant to denote uh, depict a real thing that happened to Dick Johnson on Halloween um, that I thought was a very interesting way to do a similar thing of like, there was a real story of him basically getting lost, finding himself sitting in a house and not knowing where where he was anymore. And those kind of stories make me think there is a lot more that is not being shown out of a desire to be compassionate and respectful, but I filled in, I filled in those gaps. Like I, I believe that we were at that point.
0: Gotcha. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, if there are no more comments about the film, uh, I guess that brings us to the end of this review. Um, where am i
1: we're in spoiler
0: talk so i think
1: you can just leave oh i get it you're joking (laughs) i'm so good at jokes (laughs) i'm keeping all this in (laughs) yeah do it uh face camera violet something red
0: (laughs) All right. Thank you everybody for listening and uh, good luck and good night. (laughs)